Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC talks with regular guest Aaron Fentel of 21st Century Equipment. Before we head over to Casey, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Volvo Penta. With a perfect combination of strength and versatility, Volvo Penta engines supply industrial operations with durable and reliable performance. To learn more, visit www.volvopenta.com. And if this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, let's get things going. Here's Casey and Aaron talking about what the hay equipment market is going to look like in 2022 and how quickly we could see some recovery in that segment. This week, Aaron's back here with me, as you can tell, and we are continuing part two of our discussion about kind of what we see happening in 2022 based across product lines. And we've been kicking around the idea of what to talk about here. And I think... Uh, Probably the one thing out there that's an outlier that's not on anybody's mind right now, unless you are in this business, right? Is you know when people think about tractors or thinking about combines or thinking about planters or thinking about things, probably the one thing out there that is heavy on on the minds of people as we come into that spring, early spring season, depending on where you're at, is hay equipment. Very heavy on their minds. Yeah. Hay equipment is one of those things that if you take a look at the overall spectrum of what's going on, um, Hay quit was a challenge to get in 21, more so than anything else that we came across. Well, it depends on how you define challenge. If you need a swather head before November, mm. yeah, maybe a challenge. If you just want your swather in April and your head in November, yeah. no challenge. No challenge. That's true. I guess that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but if you look at, at how some of the stuff was falling together with that, you wouldn't think that, that on the hay side of the business that – that the baler the balers would be something that would be tied up as much as what we saw them be tied up as much. You know, compared into like the amount of, of componentry that goes into a tractor or a combine or a sprayer or even a planter for that matter, you start looking at, at big squares and you start looking at, at round balers, you wouldn't think there'd be that much, even even windrowers for that matter. I mean it's like windrowers right. you know massively huge no, it, it's no. a fourth of a combine. Right, I mean, and it's not like it's, there's not a billion moving parts to it either. Right. You know what I mean? It's not threshing components and stuff. I mean, it's got a head on the front that runs it through a conditioner and it kicks it out the back and you see right. how fast you can do and hold on in the bumpy field. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's really what you come down to. And you, would, you wouldn't think there would be that level of issues or supply chain. Right. Because I mean? it's just engine powertrain, some gearboxes, you know, it's, I mean, I'm yeah. oversimplifying it here, but I mean, you know, you get no, no, you're right. They're look at a parts list. There are right. way less parts on a swather, windrower, right. however, whatever you call it. Way call less. I like to call compared it a to a combine. Huh? I like to call it a swath rower. Swath rower. Yeah. You know what? That's kind of cool. Hashtag it. Hashtag it. Yeah. Um, Stat that. Now, ju- just as a disclaimer to the strictly livestock people <clears throat> like me, I'm I'm one of the brethren. The reason that the hay equipment isn't on the front of everybody's mind is not because it's not important or we don't sell a boatload of it or anything like that. It's because what I just said, the biggest ticket in the hay world, minus and choppers, right? We, we kind of split the two up. The biggest thing is the windrower. 
it is a fourth of a combine. Right. So it, it takes four windrowers of panic for one combine of panic right. yeah. because business-wise, we look at numbers, <clears throat> not units, and right. blah, blah, blah. Okay, so just that disclaimer out there first and foremost. Now, you're, you're right. When and, and what's funny, the shortage... Row crop, row cropoly, mm-hmm. that's a new word too, row cropoly, hashtag that, is based on overnight commodity prices, sure. essentially. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Over, over month, mm-hmm. over quarter, for damn sure. That doesn't affect the hay stuff directly. Right. In fact, in, in previous years in history, the last 20 years, personal experience, mm-hmm. it's opposite. When you have good commodity prices, that stuff gets tight, but, hey, we got lots of balers and swathers to sell. But also, if you looked at the correlation between commodity prices as in the grains versus the livestock, commodity prices go up, livestock values go down because cost of feed and everything else. So there's like that yin and yang there. To a point, then they eventually start getting pulled up with, like we saw in the 12-13 era. But let, let's look at the 8 to 13 five-year period. Okay. We never got short of hay equipment. You wanted hay equipment, you got hay equipment. The only time I remember anything being a little tied up was when the R450 came out. Mm-hmm. That was a whole new thing. That There was a little delay in that. But for the most part, no delay in hay. Okay? That's that's what we're with. When we're talking about the delays and timing and all this kind of stuff, Guess what? That swather, it's got microchips. It can auto steer. Yep. You know, you run into that. That the the COVID supply issues, puke in your mouth, same story for the last three years mm-hmm. is what's affecting the hay so much right now. Right. To the point of it might be the most concerning, I was gonna say scariest, but the most concerning equipment grouping for next year i would i would agree with that to, to, to some extent i think there are and you know when you listen to part three and four of this you'll you'll, you'll get our other opinions on that but i think when i look at, at the hay equipment side of the business i think it's the fastest rebound absolutely than everything else is absolutely right? i mean it's it's going to have when you start looking at all the componentry that go into that more of that stuff's become more readily available i can see the round baler side of it rebounding quicker. Now, I'm going to be wrong. So I just wrote an article for Farm Equip Magazine. It comes out. Well, <laughs> we are in prime company, I guess. <laughs> hey, look out. Look out where you, you might chip over that name I just dropped. You might. Right? I might. And anyway, might. so I guess article I have coming out, I kind of talk about this a little bit, kind of where I see this happening. And clear back when this first happened, I thought, you know, we had an you know, 18-month run and we we're going to see some things happening. But I really believe right now we're, we're through 2023 before we see anything mid-23 to the fourth quarter, third to fourth quarter of 23, before we really start seeing any real relief in sight, is my, is my opinion. Is Which my part of 23? Third and fourth quarter. Okay. All right, second half of the year. So when I think when you're looking at that, I, I think Baylor's are going to follow right along with that. And, and the reason for that is, I mean, I take that back, Baylor's are going to rebound faster than that. Yeah. I can see them getting through this 20. Like 22 time frame going into early, um, late 22, early 23, and they, I could I could see the, the Baylor situation being in a completely different conversation point than anything else. Ba- yeah, 
as far as and you're just speaking availability merely, right? Right. Supply chain. Supply, yeah. Supply chain yeah. in general. Like I, I could think, I could think by the end of 22 that we have Baylor sitting on the lot out here. As right. Which, which one do you want? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and I I agree with you. They rebound quicker, and the supply issue round Baylor wise, I could see being fixed pretty quick. Just like tillage. Oh sure. Yeah. Both of those do not have an engine, right? A transmission. That's why. And when I'm talking about hay being scary, I mean wind rowers, right? Wind rowers, first and foremost. Then I'd probably say big squares, then rounds, right? Um. So without the engine piece of it, okay, where, where they don't have engines, they don't have cabs, they don't, they don't have, they have no wires. To speak of compared to those, and I—that's where so many of the holdups are going. Not just the chips, but it's like everything in that specific realm is a crap show, right? And the implements, mind you, outside of planners, because what has more wires than a planner? Nothing. Not much. Not nowadays. Yeah. Um. I think that's why that rebounds. I think that's also a little bit of a portion of why in the used equipment market they can rebound from a downturn so quick also. Right. Not necess- not because they don't have wires on them, but because they are a whole different facet of that inventory for the supplier, for the manufacturer, for the dealer, mm. and for the user, the producer. The one thing, too, about this, the rebound, as long as you have the supply, the supply things, the other part of the rebound that is so um, so quick to rebound is that when times do get tight and guys are looking at something like, okay, I've got, you know, I've got 20 grand, right? Well, probably what they have is worth 25 or 30,000, and they got their 20 grand. You can get into a new baler. Yeah, right. right. So it's easy to trade. It doesn't cost yeah. you. I mean, you can change oil on your combine, right. or you can <laughs> trade balers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, to me, I look to see. I look at balers in general, round balers specifically, to, to at the end of twenty two to see a significant amount of rebound in that situation. Now, that doesn't help going into first cutting by any means. No. Right. But you will the first cutting twenty three. I think will be a totally different story. It'll be a tale of two, um, a, a two product you know product lines, especially when you start looking at wind rowers versus round balers and with how those play together. Do you? And th- I'm asking this because this is my viewpoint. Like I was the one that's like, uh, I was, I'm optimistic at times. I have no middle. I'm either full bore optimistic you, you or the sky's falling. Okay, that's no shit. <laughs> I run a little hot. Um, I was like a 12-month guy. Like, ah, hell, by the end of 22, we'll be rocking and rolling. I'll, they'll be like, please get rid of this stuff. Please get rid of this stuff. Now, I'm hoping by retirement we're, we're straightened out, and I'm 42. So I've changed my tune a little bit. Do you think, and, and this is why I'm asking, do you think that, and and here's, here's how I could see this. Like, you were saying by... First cutting 22 could be pretty wild, but by late 
Did you say late 22 or late 23? We'll have Baylor sitting all over. Late 22 going into that first cutting of 23. First cutting of 23. So we'll just call it first cutting 23 because that is a bigger finish line. I could see it being even worse, honestly. Going into 23? Yeah. Why? Just knowing, and this is not this is not green and yellow. This is not red and yellow. This is not red and silver. Black and yellow. Black and yellow. Orange, white, and lime green. <laughs> it's it's not any color specific. <laughs> but oh, and let's not forget black, dark green, and red. Mustard yellow and green. Mustard yellow and green. Chrome. Oh yeah, that's kind of. I thought it was kind of tan. Maybe it is tan. Tan. Tan and almost kind of like the color of my maps tan, over here. Yeah, tan and almost Deutz green. And I know you all can see the color of my maps. So <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> but it, it, it's not one company, and I feel like, and, and this is and this is kind of the producer in me talking. Mm-hmm. I can see them at. And I realize it's not all coming out of the same factory. Every company has countless factories. Okay. But I can see it being, oh, damn, we've really got to concentrate on getting, we're a year and a half still behind on tractors, combines, planters, sprayers. We've really got to focus on getting that done. And, hey, factory, do the best you can. Mm. To a point. Now, I'm not saying that is carved in stone, broad stroke, but we both, if you can get out that half a million dollar piece or that 125 piece, what are you going to do? Well, to answer, okay, so to your point here, is that, yeah, there are. I'm just trying to conspiracy theory the hell out of this, and you you've done a good job. Well, so I think I think the one thing that to, to pay know your audience to, <laughs> is that that would be great if they said, okay, cool. What we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna retrofit half of X factory to be a combine right facility and a tractor facility. You know, at this other place over here, we're gonna we're gonna double or half again grow our um, capacity to, to produce, right? Now, that's that's great and wonderful. Won't ever happen because the amount of time and capital it would take to do that, and then once you're done doing that, now you have half of a factory sitting over here idle because... And, and I don't necessarily mean that, but maybe, maybe Bill and Tom are putting wheels on W235s, mounting tires, and, and then they roll them off the line. Maybe Tom's the only one doing it because Bill's at Factory X going, and Bob, who's helping lace the belts with Frank, well, now Bob is at the other factory tightening down bin extensions. Now, the only way that happens, though, is if they run out of workers. They don't have the, the the, the workforce to support. Because there's only so much capacity. Oh, funny you mentioned the workforce. What's yeah. the number one problem in this world right now? The workforce. There is a workforce issue, labor issue. You think? But now you're je- now here's the deal though. Now you're jeopardizing one for the other, right? And if you have if you have a customer base that is, whether they're a combine buyer or a round baler buyer, you know there's only so much time they're going to be like. I'm willing to wait for that. Okay. First of all, this is entirely all make believe. Right. So let's say let's go to 
September 1st, 21. Okay. Okay. At that point, dealers are selling tractors that you get in 23. Okay. Regardless of the color. Combines, planters, whatever. It doesn't matter. I realize factories don't do that for the most part. They might juggle within that building, but they're not going to send a dude from Grand Island, Nebraska to Racine, Wisconsin to work on, to help put tractors together. I know that. But there are different levels of that, for instance, within the building. Oh, sure. Different stuff going on. Anytime anything different goes on, push it back, push it back, push it back, push it back, push it back. It might be different for a day. That might push shit back two weeks as far as out the door. Sure. Yeah. Tell that is all caught up. That is what I'm getting at. Okay. I'm sorry that I went so beyond Thunderdome with that, with the mindset, but that's what I was getting at. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're, 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 it's just like on the farm, okay? You got three hired men, you got six jobs to do. What are you going to do? Right? What yeah. do we got? What do we got to get done now? Right. Okay. Yep. That's that was the angle I was going at. That's good. No, I understand. Does that make more sense? That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Are you less argumentative now? Less yeah, way less argumentative. Terrific. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first I wanted to pause to thank our sponsor, Volvo Penta. To learn more, visit www.volvopenta.com. I also wanted to invite you to join us for the Precision Farming Dealer Summit, January 3rd and 4th in Louisville. Visit PrecisionFarmingDealerSummit.com to view the program and to register. Now back to Casey and Aaron as they continue their discussion talking about the hay equipment market's recovery. One thing I will say though about this and, you know, when I look at, so we've got kind of the back half of this podcast here from more of a, a, a macro level, we start looking at things. I have, I don't think we see another used equipment problem until the next decade. Oh my God. Like 2030. Did you just say that? Yeah. Oh. Till 2030. And here's why. We've got, if my three-year thing is right here, that we're going to see these three years of <clears throat> incremental supply but not like all of a sudden we're we're selling in to a big pile of equipment. Okay, but your when does your 3-year calendar start? Like right now, like 20 so say 2022 basically. Yeah. 1122. Yeah. So you're saying until 1125. Yeah. So I think for any kind of just Monday normal. Right. Before any kind of Monday normal 1125. We're talking 2019. Okay. Right. By 25. By 25, I think it's going to be more like 20, 2008, inventory level-wise. Okay. Right? And the reason I say that is you have this... this you got enough to sell, but it's healthy. Got enough to sell, but it's healthy, but you have enough demand that it's keeping it... Right. On the, on the, on the, Turns. Keeping it turning, right? You're keeping it turning. So if that happens, right, so you have these three years to, of getting through all that... And then you'll have another three years of building up your inventory. So now you're looking at 2028, 20, 2029. 20, there you go. 2030, we have. 22 plus 6 is 28. So, you know, you kind of look at it prospectively from there. That's when I think we start having that. We start having 20, 
12 conversations in, 29, in 2027. 27, okay. What are we doing? we got to slow all this stuff down because there's this, you know, the old saying of, you know, we had this, we had a hell of a party through 2014, and then all of a sudden, a hangover. That sudden, punch got sour fast. And it, went, and it went sideways quick, and mom and dad came home before they were supposed to, and next thing you know, <laughs> you're trying to explain why there's 15 people passed out in their bed. You know what I mean? It's like, like that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have all of this happening. I don't think we see another real inventory. Oh my God, we need to get a hold of the auction companies and see who's going to give us the best deal on this auction that we're having. Till so, 20, till 2030, 2031. Okay. So, what I need to be concerned with right now is the 2028 S, what, 870? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what they come up with there. So, because like that, that'll be, that would be at that time, yeah. the modern day 2012 670. Right. So now I think the the big there's a couple things here. The big arching overarching situation is a lot can happen between now and then when it comes to how interest rates play into what we the see entire happen. world. Yeah, you know I mean, like interest rates really start to kind of come into factor when you start looking at that. If we go from having three and a half percent interest rates to six and a half percent interest rates, that dramatically changes oh, things. Oh god. Now all that being said, all that being said That's farm sale. Eight years from now, when we start talking about equipment, we're talking about equipment that's that's driving itself. Maybe. In some level of thing. Right? Well it has been since two thousand for that. But I'm talking like nobody in the nobody cab. in the cab. Right. It's Autonomous. Still, it's still You're talking full <laughs> autonomy. I'm talking like there's still a cabin steering wheel and you can if you choose to drive it, you can. Like our demo rig, that green cart tractor yeah, thing. just like that. Something like that more along like a like a drone style. You're there, but you're not in it. Exactly. You're controlling it like from another tractor type of thing. Right. Lead. Now, that's going to change the way things That's already there. It is. It is. That's going to change the way inventory, equipment inventories take a look at each other. In my opinion, that that idea of driverless equipment whatever that looks like and whatever that is that changes the way people look at how often they need to trade their equipment I get it but I can also see the biggest and and this is this is one of those boots on the ground things the biggest impact we're going to see is and I know it's always been this way it's getting worse and worse every single day that passes the world of agriculture, the world. What about it? The number one country that I have sold to for exporting the last three years is China. Oh, well, sure. You have, you have China buy, is buying ground all over the world. They yeah. buy enough machinery. They make their own stuff. Yeah. Things get bleak here fast. Bleaker. Bleaker. The one thing that... Early is- 19 wasn't a lot of fun. <clears throat> The one thing that the United States has over over a lot of the other countries in the world is our ability to produce agricultural products. And Americans. In America. We have Americans. America has Americans. Russia doesn't have Americans. China doesn't have Americans. Right. That's why we are America. Because this, this is one of those times I wish I had one of those buttons that made a cricket sound. <laughs> 
because that would have been a great point. Great <laughs> no, that. that's why we're America because of us, the people. That's right. what makes this country what it is, George Washington. Yeah, I get it. I, so I, I'm tracking. There you go. They don't have that. Right. I understand. So, but what I'm getting at is our ability to produce food. That's that's one thing that we export more to the world than anybody else. Does. Absolutely. Right. So now, other countries are coming online. You look at you look at Brazil, right? And you look at countries like um, Argentina, Argentina, and you look South, South American countries and, and African countries, right? <clears throat> yep. What are the one thing that they have that they don't have that we have? Infrastructure. Infrastructure of any kind. Right. I mean, their infrastructure thing is is a big deal. Right. right? Africa is even worse. Right. There's parts of Africa that have good infrastructure, but for the most part, it's a struggle. If right? you're gonna go buy productive land today in Africa, it has no infrastructure. No, it really doesn't. So, I mean, <clears throat> the one thing, too, is um, good book everybody should go read. Go read this book. Accidental Superpower. Go read it. Amazing book. I don't remember who the author is. It basically talks about the United States at post-World War II and, you know, the rest of, of the civilized world was blown to smithereens. So, uh-huh. the United States, the one thing that was ironic that this comes up December seventh. By right. the way, yeah, true, right? Hey, good point. That's that's correlation there. The the Mississippi River runs right through the middle of our most richest part of our agricultural area, right? Correct. And everything east and west of that can easily funnel to it, and they can float down the river and get it to where it needs to go, right? So that that's a that's a big thing going for us now. China can go out and go out and build all the stuff they want to build, and they're going to do those kind of things, and it's going to happen. But their ramp-up time to get all that stuff to port, to get it back to China, is a whole other thing. It's a whole other logistical nightmare. Now, we as the United States, we need to spend money on infrastructure. Absolutely. We are. The infrastructure bill that passed. Good job, Joe. The infrastructure infrastructure bill that passed is a a great idea in, in theory, but I don't know that. A quarter of that bill is actually going to infrastructure. Yeah, it, it's like the farm bill. Right, it exactly. all goes to the city. Exactly. So the I mean, part. so the overwhelming majority of that stuff is 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 what you see there. But I think as we take a look at what goes on around us, that's another reason why I think we don't see an equipment problem until twenty until twenty thirties. Is because all these other countries are coming online, and what are they going to go do? They're going to have some big government program somewhere, and I've been a part of these these different bid processes to that you know. An investor Mozambique, in a third world country. Mozambique is going to go and, and retrofit their entire ag thing, and they're going to go buy you know 150 combines, right. and tractors, and da 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 da. You know where those things usually end up? Never going through. File thirteen. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. So. You're going to see more of these investment type people move in, and they're going to look and be looking for the best possible way to start what they're doing, and that's going to be use combines, you know, Gen 1 technology. Right. You know what I mean? They're not going to get the the full-blown follower technology to go over there. No. They're going to get get the, the, the Gen 1. Like, for the longest time, Mexico was always, you typically buying equipment that was 20 years older, than what the most current model is. They're not doing that anymore. No. They're buying like <laughs> five years five old. year old. Yeah. Right. There's still guys that show up and buy the eighty got any eighty eight twenties laying around like right. No. What? No. I mean, eighty eight twenties. 
but they also the same guy that's got 17 combines and 14 balers on the same trailer somehow stacked in there <laughs> intricately. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I don't know how you can put that 6,600 up in the bin of that 680. <laughs> and But you have those kinds of countries that are going to be coming online that are going to start growing more agricultural products. They're going to start with, you know, 20-year-old combines and 10-year-old sprayers and 40-year-old tractors and right. those kind of things, you know. Right. I don't know how many. Here, here's what I see this. for export. No def. Filters are okay with. They don't want to mess with def. And I think that's just because I it's think. It's a fuel quality thing. Right. 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 More than anything, it's a, yeah, it's a fuel quality. And that, and that is, as I have heard through my career in the equipment business, that is even bigger then the infrastructure thing is what they can get their hands on for diesel fuel down there. Right. My God. Yeah. Like, here, put that sock on the end of the fuel <laughs> nozzle before you pour that in there. Get, at least grab the chunks. Right. God bless. It's, it's old. It's just storage facilities and those kind of things. Yeah. That are, that are bad. It's not that it's any different coming out of the refinery than it is right, right here. It's just the storage facilities. Yeah. It's been there so for four years. That's what's going to – I do see that being a, a bigger issue. And that being said – the 2012, 13, 14 model stuff that we're talking about still that we still have a lot of, even though we've gone through we this. Don't. Gone through this thing. We still have more of it than we do anything else. In that hour range. We, hour we range. as in the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Industry as a whole, there is there is out there. And I think as you look at those things and as you think about it and you really put your mind to what does that look like going down the road, um, when you can go to a place like, you know, wherever the Ivory Coast of, of Africa, and and start growing, um, you know, three hundred bushel corn and never fertilize anything because the ground's never been ripped open, right? Right. Those kind of things. All of a sudden, that really changes that dynamic. But here's the thing: you got to have capital to do that. Oh, it takes so much. You know what I mean? And and the guys that are from well-established farming areas that have amazing soil struggle to come up with the cash and capital right to make that happen right so it's going to be a, a bigger thing and as you see more people get kind of going that way and whether it's you know, whatever that might look you look at china and there's silk road initiatives and all the different stuff that they've got trying to push out there china is um, getting very big since we're on the topic very big into hay production too very big yeah you know they got a billion people to feed it's a lot of a lot of protein milk they got a lot of stuff out there that they got to worry about. Well, and they got their hog skyscrapers now. And yeah. How do you raise 100,000 pigs on five square feet? Go up. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So I think there's a... Figured I'd throw that hay piece in since this is a hay podcast. But, yeah, so I think there's a... There's stuff there to pay attention to, but I'm... Uh, that's my prediction. You know how you fix the industry as a whole? You patch it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Hey, it's Christmas. Come on, man. It is Christmas. I'll give you one. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, good place to jump off there, Aaron. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is that you're doing, stuff you have to sell, and all the other fun things that you're doing in the world. Maybe somebody <laughs> wants to get some tips on hair sheep. 
What's the best way to do that? Yeah, or just nerd out about old farm equipment. Yeah. Um, call me or text me, text preferred, 308-760-1193. Or I am time to time, active on the Twitterverse, at Aaron Fintel. And I am Casey Seymour. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. Also, if you want to send me an email, you can send me an email at movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com. So until next time, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennell. Let's go some iron, folks. Thanks, Casey and Aaron, and thanks to Volvo Penta for sponsoring this podcast. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. Find more from him in the print magazine and on farm-equipment.com slash expert. And you can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. This is our last podcast for 2021. So for Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening. And may you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.